Welcome, friends. Welcome. James Corbett here, CorbettReport.com, and you are tuned into Questions for Corbett. And this week on the program, we're going to be dipping into the mailbag to answer a question from a listener, Jim, who writes, Does this support the idea of a banker's dictatorship? Does this pave the way for the next war via the bankers? And Jim, in his email, specifically links to a couple of documents. One is a speech by Mark Carney delivered at the annual Lord Mayor's Banquet for Bankers and Merchants of the City of London at the Mansion House in London, in the City of London. And the other is an associated document that was posted by the Bank of England, New Economy, New Finance, New Bank, uh, that was posted around the same time. So in order to get an understanding of what's being talked about here, let's turn to the introduction of Mark Carney's speech where he wrote, a, where he talked about the new economy, new finance. And he said, there's a new economy emerging driven by changes in technology, demographics, and the environment. This new economy requires a new finance, a new finance to serve the digital economy, a new finance with products that are more cost-effective, better tailored, and more inclusive a new finance to support the transition to a sustainable economy, a new finance that balances innovation with resilience. With its leadership in fintech and green finance, the UK private sector is creating the new finance, but your efforts will be more effective with the right conditions in which to innovate and the level, level playing fields on which to compete. So I think you get the idea of the direction in which this is trending, and you can see that there's a lot of feel-good buzzwords and political platitudes being blathered here by bankster-in-chief Mark Carney, but there is something between the lines, and you may start noticing that in that speech, but you really start to notice it once you peel the layers of this onion and take a look, for example, at this report on New Economy, New Finance, New Bank from the Bank of England, where in this handy-dandy infographic, they break it down for you. What does this mean, new economy? Well, for example, the new economy is primarily driven by online sales, 265 billion pounds worth of online sales in 2018. The use of data is increasing rapidly, almost as if data is the new oil. Where have you heard that before? And economic growth places greater demands on the world's natural resources and climate. And so this gives rise to a new finance, of course, uh, one adjunct of more and more retailing being done online is the fact that less and less retailing is done in cash. Yes, cash transactions have gone from 60% of the UK uh, overall transaction market to 28%. So now about a quarter of one out of every four transactions is actually done in cash. And that, of course, is trending downward and quite rapidly. Uh, also, investment in technology can boost productivity and innovation, of course, but also investment can also help to address the challenges to our climate. Again, stressing that aspect of this, which we will come back to. So in order to do all of this, we need a new bank to enhance the payment system for the digital age, aka transition to the cashless society, facilitate firms' use of technology like the cloud to increase their operational resilience. But as James Evan Pilato over at Media Monarchy always likes to point out, and I wholeheartedly agree, there is no such thing as the cloud, only someone else's computer. And then the centerpiece, literally the centerpiece of this idea for the new bank, we will support the transition to a carbon neutral economy. So again, I think you're starting to see where what at least what tack they're going to take in promoting this vision of the future that they are uh, seem to be well, promoting in this document. So let's take a look specifically what they actually mean by this. So skipping down to the section of this document, talking about the promotion of the 
bank for a you know, carbon neutral economy. It says climate change will shape our economy and financial system for years to come. Failure to act will result in widespread damage to land and property, depletion of natural resources such as water, increased frequency and severity of weather events and shifts in the pattern of migration, all of which are scientifically factually incorrect. But anyway, the Bank of England really cares about you and the planet trust them. The transition to a carbon-neutral economy brings both risks and opportunities. Some business models will become obsolete, and in anticipation of this, valuations will be reappraised. But those valuations that are, uh, those businesses that are able to adapt and provide solutions will grow tremendously. The transition will require substantial investments in green infrastructure, by some measures, 90 trillion dollars across the G20 by 2030 and 22 billion pounds per year in the UK alone. Step back for a moment to think about the scale of those numbers. I have talked about this before uh, and now for the trillion dollar bankster swindle and other such things that I've done over the years. I have talked about this process but really wrap your head around that. They are talking about in the next decade alone 90 trillion dollars of investment in green infrastructure. 90 trillion with a T. That is, even by the highly inflated standards of recent years, still a mind-boggling amount of capital that is going to be flowing in the name of this new green economy. But no, I mean, clearly, follow the money, James. It's all about the those big oil. Uh, Exxon is funding the the skeptics who are making oh so much money from their skepticism. No, meanwhile, ninety trillion dollars of investments is going to go into this new green economy for which we need a new green deal and sustainable economy with sustainable development. What does this actually mean, though, and how are they going to implement it? Because as always, the devil's in the details, and uh, we can see that devil start to emerge. We can see the beginnings of it in that speech by Mark Carney, where specifically he starts talking about Libra. Yes, oh, Facebook's answer to creating a stable coin. It's not exactly a crypto, it's not decentralized cryptocurrency. It's, a, it's, it's don't worry, it's backed by assets. It'll, it'll all be good. So anyway, he, uh, Mark Carney in his speech back in June was talking about this. He says earlier this week, again, this was in June of 2019, a cooperative of technology companies, namely Facebook and a bunch of partners that have since bailed, but anyway, proposed a new payments infrastructure based on an international stablecoin, Libra. Libra would be backed by reserve assets in a basket of currencies, including sterling. It could be exchanged between users on messaging platforms and with participating retailers. As designed, Libra may substantially improve financial inclusion and dramatically lower the costs of domestic and cross-border payments. But then Carney goes on to say, the Bank of England approaches Libra with an open mind, but not an open door. And then he goes on to essentially say that uh, ultimately the Bank of England and the G7 and G20 and the FSB and the BIS and the IMF are going to have to set the rules by which Libra or any of its competitors would hope to play and set the regulatory environment. And the, don't worry, the banksters will make it all better. Um, so that was, that was an indication of where things were trending, but it really took off in uh, uh, August of this year at the Jackson Hole Symposium, the annual Bankster Conclave, where Mark Carney delivered a speech, which you might have heard some of the headlines that uh, emerged from this speech, if not the speech itself, where again, he was talking about Libra. Um, so he's talking about history shows that the rise of a reserve currency, like 
how the US dollar is currently the world reserve currency, is founded on its usefulness as a medium of exchange by reducing the cost and increasing the convenience of international payments. The additional functions of money, as a unit of account and store of wealth, come later and reinforce the payments motive. Technology has the potential to disrupt disrupt the network externalities that prevent the incumbent, incumbent global reserve currency from being displaced. So what he is talking about here, what he is directly addressing, are the, the technologies that could help to dethrone the dollar as the global world reserve currency. Specifically, retail transactions are taking place increasingly online rather than on the high street and through electronic payments over cash. And the relatively high costs of domestic and cross-border electronic payments are encouraging innovation, with new entrants applying new technologies to offer low-cost, more convenient retail payment services. The most high-profile of these has been Libra, a new payments infrastructure based on the international stablecoin, fully backed by reserve assets in a basket of currencies, including the US dollar, the euro, and sterling. It could be exchanged between users on messaging platforms and with participating retailers. And uh, the suggestion that the Libra, or something like it, might have something to do with the dethroning of the dollar, or could be some alternative that will be turned to uh, in the near future, is is pretty stunning. And it did make headlines at the time, Mark Carney pimping Libra as a potential replacement for the U.S. dollar. Um, again, go read the remarks in context and place them in their proper context. But the uh, even the raising of the specter of that in a central bankster symposium like this, where, of course, the central banksters are the wizards of Wall Street and the city of London and other such uh, places, and they every pronouncement of theirs is scrutinized, so of course this one was too. But what does this, so what does this really mean when we get down to brass tacks? We know that $90 trillion of capital investment is going to be flowing into this new green infrastructure energy economy that's coming up in the next decade. And we know that the central banksters are talking about how the U.S. dollar is uh, long in the tooth and probably not long for this world as a world reserve currency. Clearly, the the dollar system and the Bretton Woods order that fell apart in the 70s, really, with the dethrone, the delisting from the gold standard, but then the petrodollar, that's that whole cobbled together system of international monetary structure that uh, undergirds the system of international finance. It's getting a bit old, and it's uh, certainly showing signs of wear. So, well, then what do we do about that? Well, we'll need to look at other ideas. And here, look, there's some new technology coming up that could help us. And uh, an assortment of technology companies like Facebook are going to come along and and provide some of these answers, aren't they? And we better adjust our banks accordingly. Um, Very interesting, but... It's interesting to me how these two ideas merge, the sustainable green economy, $90 trillion of investment in infrastructure, and the idea of a stable coin or some sort of what they will what will be simplified as cryptocurrency because of the Bitcoin PSYOP. Please see my episode on the Bitcoin PSYOP if you haven't to understand how that works, but they'll call it cryptocurrency. Of course, it's going to be a central bank administered or regulated uh, 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 digital currency. That is ultimately the future of all of this. Of course, that's what we're moving towards. China is just about ready to launch, according to some reports, their DCEP, which is going to be their central bank administered digital currency. Uh, so this is where things are trending. And these two trends converge on an idea that is so crazy, but clearly has so many check so many boxes for the technocrats that 
one would almost be naive to think that they're not going to try for it. And that idea is represented in something like the Earth Dollar, which you probably have never heard of, unless, of course, you pay attention to the Corbett Report. Um, but if you have, uh, if you have not heard of it before, it is an important idea to wrap your mind around. Not because the Earth Dollar specifically is going to be the Libra-like stablecoin that Mark Carney and others are going to turn to, but that idea, the idea behind it, is so evil and ingenious that you know that the central banksters are keeping their eye on it. And as I say, you will know about Earth dollars uh, if you keep track of the Corbett Report, because I did have a chance to talk to Patrick Wood about the subject, um, as he was the one who first brought that particular uh, instantiation of this idea to my attention in his book on the hard road to world order. So when I talked to him this past April about that book, we did discuss the Earth dollar system. We do know the U.S. dollar's position as world reserve currency is being undermined, but I've never thought it's going to be replaced by the yuan or something like that. Maybe a basket? No, no, maybe something like the Earth dollar, and not necessarily the Earth dollar, as you say, but something like that. And just reading in more detail from the book, you write, In 2015, another nonprofit organization sprang up in California called the Earth Dollar Alliance, which attends, uh, intends to soon launch the Earth Dollar as an asset-backed global cryptocurrency. According to its website, Earth Dollar is different than most fiat currencies because it is backed by natural capital assets within our world heritage sanctuaries. The Earth Dollar's value is secured against natural capital assets, which will be placed in a global commons, held in a trust, and safeguarded indefinitely for the benefit of the planet Earth and all the life it supports. And you note, although ED, the Earth Dollar, claims that it is asset-backed, no holder of the currency will ever see any of those assets. The ED website pledges total support for the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, the World Bank's Natural Capital Accounting System, and World Basic Income, which is similar to Universal Basic Income, but global in application. Actually, something I'd never even heard of until that. But, and then you, you uh, point out that furthermore, the Earth Dollar claims that it has coded the following laws directly into its blockchain. The Universal Declaration of Rights of Mother Earth, the Universal Declaration of Human Rights, the Universal Declaration of Rights of Indigenous Peoples and the Constitution of Mother Earth, uh, a document that I didn't even know existed. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, just incredible <laughs> stuff. And as you say, you this particular formulation of it may not be the one that catches on, but something like this is very much what the global planners have in mind. Once again, that is Patrick Wood of Technocracy.News, and that was a conversation we recorded this past April where we were talking about his book on the hard road to world order. I hope you will uh, check out that book and check out that conversation. I think there's a lot of important information embedded in there. But that does, I think, at least raise the issue of where the banksters really do see the vision for the future, the future of finance and where I can imagine a lot of eggs are going to be placed in that particular basket over the course of the next decade, specifically as we look at this $90 trillion investment windfall that is coming and how the banksters are going to get ahead of it by, of course, controlling the way in which this finance is going to operate. And this has to do with so many core important issues. In order to start getting your head around this, I would wholeheartedly recommend you go back and review episode 322 of the Corbett Report on what is sustainable development, because that is the baseline understanding that we need in order to understand where this is going and, and why the central banks, not just the Bank of England, but the European Central Bank and the UN, and the IMF, and all of these different 
bankster organizations are suddenly so interested in the carbon neutral economy and the 90 trillion dollar investment infrastructure inf infrastructure investment that's going to be pouring in and directing this this is why they're so hell-bent on this because it does go right to the heart of the technocratic agenda ultimately for the monopolization of the world's resources uh, through a process of what is being called the financialization of nature something that i wrote about in my uh, article uh, why technocrats love the green new deal which i would commend to your attention if you haven't read it yet um, where i do talk about this process of the financialization of nature and how nature itself the resources are going to be converted into capital via something like an earth dollar type system. And we see the Bank of England and others starting to get ahead of this. So thank you for bringing this up, Jim. Uh, I think the documents that you refer to, I will, of course, post them in the show notes and people can go read them for themselves. I think they're full of a lot of political blather and feel-good sounding nonsense that doesn't really say very much, but it's reading between the lines and then connecting the dots with other things that have been said uh, that we can start to see where this is trending. And it does present a vision for the uh, bankster vision of the future. I don't think this impinges on the idea of the next bankster war. I don't know if the, I mean, uh, again, in terms of economic collapse and trade wars and uh, beggar thy neighbor policies leading to war and the kind of echoes of the lead up to World War II, for example. Um, there are certainly things to be said about that. But this these the, the speech you linked and the document that you linked to uh, specifically, I think, has more to do with this longer term agenda of the creation of the technocratic order that's going to be founded on the financialization of nature that's going to be facilitated by some centrally bank-administered digital currency that is going to be backed by natural resources. It is a diabolical scheme, and it takes, unfortunately, a bit of digging to get your mind wrapped around all of these different concepts. So lots of links in the show notes for you to peruse. Uh, thank you for bringing this to the attention of myself and to the listeners. Uh, I think this is an important, obviously, a very important thing going forward, so we're going to be keeping our eye on it here. And that's going to be it for today. James Corbett, CorbettReport.com.